Our topic today is how to defeat worry and start a new life in Christ. How to defeat worry and start a new life in Christ. So, I was sharing that with them, and uh, we were reading Hebrews, uh, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1 and 2. Do we have it, uh, the media team? Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1 says, Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear, lest any of you seem to have come short of it. Let's go, verse 2. For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. Let's go back to verse 1. When you read verse 1 and pause, slow down, think about it. We are doing the practical part of what I was teaching them. And suddenly I saw it. I had never seen that before. It says, let us fear, lest any of you seem to have come short of it. What? The rest of God. In the complete Jewish version, uh, complete Jewish Bible, it says, therefore let us be terrified of the possibility that even though the promise of entering his rest remains, any of you might be judged to have fallen short of it. You pause, slow down, think about that. Have you ever been terrified that you are not at peace? That you are not at rest? That there are so many things happening in your, in your life, they say you are running uh, uh, around like a headless sheep. Have you ever paused to think, this is terrible, I am terrified. Have you? I had never done. I had never. I didn't know it's in the Bible. I saw it for the first time last week on Sunday, and I thought, this is amazing. God is so serious about your peace, about your rest, about you trusting him, that he has you covered. And I thought, wow, this is amazing. And so I was, uh, and so that, that was on Sunday morning, and I was, because I knew the previous week Pastor Davis had told me he'll be away today. I had already started in my mind sort of preparing, you know, you hear God here, you have a scripture here. I was already beginning to write them down. And I saw this but didn't really uh, gel with what I was preparing for. I had a good message I, that was coming up. Oh, it was good. I liked it. I wasn't going to be. <laughs> and I'm... I'm, I'm seeing this, I'm seeing this, I'm taking scripture there, and scripture there, and meditating. And uh, in the course of the week, I, I, I woke up in the morning, I was lying back in bed. I hadn't sat up or gotten out of bed. And I had these beautiful scriptures. The message that was just, you know, gelling, you know, coming up in my heart. I said, they will like it on Sunday. Praise the Lord. I, I am already having this thing. And then it's like I dosed. I, I can't really tell what happened. I sort of dozed. I, I wasn't fully awake. I wasn't asleep. But I saw a screen like what is being projected here. And it said, Luke chapter 12, verse 21 to that, verse 22 to 31. I thought, what? Luke? What does that, what has that to do with? And I, I fully woke up. Then I opened my Bible and looked looked at Luke chapter 12 from verse 21. Let's go there, verse 22. Luke chapter 12, verse 22. 
And this is what says, verse 22. This is the New King James Version. Then he said to his disciples, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, nor about the body, what you will put on. I thought, wow, that is amazing. Ah, I was telling Deacon Joga uh, some weeks before, I, I am not very familiar with the book of Luke. I'm quite, I, I follow my way through the book of Mark, uh, Matthew, John, but Luke, I, I, you know, if God had told me Matthew chapter 6, I would have known what he's talking about. But Luke chapter 12, I had to open it to see what is it about. So, why did God, uh, this is my point, God intervened supernaturally. It's not like I didn't have something to say, but God wanted me to minister to you this topic. Praise the Lord. It, it, there are several ways you can come up with a message. You believe God, you pray. But this was quite dramatic. I've never seen it like that before. The scripture just shone there. I saw it. And because I was thinking about this, I, I knew the Lord wants me to minister this, to share his message for us today, this morning, is do not worry. Praise the Lord. Tell your neighbor that. Do not worry. God has you covered. Today. Hallelujah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know whether it's just me or it's you also, but I believe there's more than one person here who needed to hear this. Do not worry. Worry has become so common. Even high schoolers, students, young children, they are getting depression. What is that? Worry. We're having what we call what? Mental issues with our, with our, with our young people. And uh, uh, the, the, the leadership team of youth ministry, Wendy come out, they are working on that. We had a meeting last Sunday. We'll have another one this coming Sunday. But about mental health. But, but what, what is all that about? A lot of it has to do with what? Worry. So even young people are getting worried. So God wants us, today I believe, he was to show us his compassion and his love and give us an assurance that he has us covered. Praise the Lord. And he was, like I said, he was quite dramatic about it. So it means it's urgent. That we need to hear it urgently. And we need to hear it accurately. Praise God. Because you know what is going to happen? We are going to destroy structures. Structures of worry, you know. There's a structure the devil builds in our lives of worry and anxiety and fear and depression. And the answer is his word. Praise the Lord. We are going to partake of the medicine. Praise God. You are like Samson. I, I want you to touch. Today you are going to touch the pillars of worry. You know, you know Samson when he went down with all the Philistines and the house came down, he said, push me. Let me hold that word. This pillar and this pillar and he pushed. That's what you are going to do. You are going to push and demolish that structure of worry and anxiety in your life. Somebody shout amen. amen. Yeah, so, so anticipate that. Expect God to do something wonderful. So let's go back to 
uh, yeah, Luke 12, 22 says, Then he said his, he, to his disciples, what? Let's read it together. Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, nor about the body, what you will put on. Let's go on. Life is more than food, and the body is more than clothing. Verse 24. Consider the rivers, for they neither sow nor reap, which have neither storehouse nor barn, and God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? Your neighbor, do they look like a bird? There's more value to them than what? Than a bird. So, so why worry? Why worry? Let's go to verse 26. And which of you, by worrying, can earn one cubit to his stature? If you then are not able to do the least, why are you anxious for the rest? Verse 27. Oh, is it mine or you? Are you there? You've gone up to 26. Okay. Uh, consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you, even Solomon, in all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. Thank you. Uh, the media team handed right. I wanted them from verse 22 to 26 to pause there. So what, what does that passage tell us? First of all, that word there, uh, do not worry. The King James Version says, take no thought. All right? Take the, no thought. It also means concern. It's also interpreted concern. Having concern or having care. You know, when Mother, uh, Jesus visited Mother and Mary, and Mother was caring about what so many things. And Jesus said, Mary has chosen what? The, the right thing. So that care is also worry, is concern. And he's saying, don't do it. Praise the Lord. Don't do it. Don't worry. What do we worry about? Here it's talking about your life, your clothing. But it's everything. Is worry about your children. What about worry about your parents? Worry about your career. Worry about money. Worry about careers. Worry about uh, Azimio. Worry about, you know, anything. You, you can get so worried over so many things. And some of them you wonder, why are you even worried? But worry builds up there. It, it's, worry is a spiritual thing. And it's a command. Jesus said, do not worry. He, he, he didn't say, try to see whether you can stop worrying. See whether you can switch over into something else. He said, do not worry. It's a command. It's a command. Are you going to obey Jesus? You know, some people think a bit of worrying is okay. It's, don't worry. There's a, a story told about a man of God called Kenneth Hagin, Brother Kenneth Hagin. He had such a revelation about this issue that his wife, Orida, was concerned. <laughs> she was worried that he is not worried. <laughs> and she confronted him and said, Pastor, 
Does this mean that if I was to die and our two children were to die, you wouldn't care? You wouldn't worry? And he said, my dear wife, if you are dead and the children are dead, why should I worry? <laughs> you are now dead. <laughs> what will worry do? Do you see that? He had a revelation about what? Worry. They say worry is like a rocking chair. A lot of motion, but you are going what? Nowhere. Your problem plus worry is more problems. You understand? It's not less problem. You can't, when you add worry to anything, it doesn't reduce it. It makes it what? Even worse. So why worry? Why worry? And see, you know, he was quite serious about it. So I choose not to do what? To worry. Worry. It destroys our physical health. Makes us age. Makes us have health problems for no reason at all. It, it, it's actually like a thief has come and it will not happen to you. But it's like a thief has come and you're helping them to pack and remove things from your house. You know, just worry. God is so concerned about this, this, this particular idea. He says, do not worry. You worry about your health. Don't worry. It makes it worse. And the thing about worry, remember it says what? You cannot what? Add anything to your life by worry. The second thing around this area, the, 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 I'm talking about here, uh, you need to understand your right net worth in redemption. You need to understand your right net worth. People ask you, how, how much is your net worth? What do you have? And a lot of that has to do with a misunderstanding, or let me put it this way, you're using a wrong measure. A wrong measure. Because if you understand how, remember we said what? You are of more value to God than what? Birds, <laughs> all right? So when you are worrying, you have reduced yourself. You have assigned yourself a net worth less than a bird. <laughs> if you wake up worried, you go outside there and you see birds, what you have decided in your head is that you are less than the bird. You see how serious that is? So what actually is your worth? What is the right measure? Because your value in life, your life, if you were to go back to that uh, Rook chapter 12, verse 15, says life does not constitute of the things you possess or your clothes or anything else. Yeah? It is what God has called you. It is the word of God that says you are valuable. And if you look at uh, 1 Peter 1 and verse 18 to 19, it says, knowing, the, knowing that you are not redeemed with corruptible things like what? Silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers. Uh, let's, read, let's read this aloud together. But with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish, and without spot. That is your value. Praise the Lord. God, redemption, 
is a purchase. You redeem something, you buy it back. We were actually bought back. We belong to God. The devil got hold, got hold of us. And God did not pay for you and me through silver or gold. He paid with the highest that heaven has. His son. Praise the Lord. If you meditate about your value to God, oh, it will get you out of that worry cycle. Because when God was deciding what can, have you ever seen, what is it called? An auction. When people are bidding for things, isn't it? Somebody holds something and says, this thing is 200 shillings. I don't think it is. Unless you want to contribute to the church and give money to Deacon Norman. But what is the value of this? Now, really, you could say you can buy that in the supermarket, I don't know, for what? Uh, 50 shillings? But have you ever seen an auction where people are bidding? They are raising funds. Something will fetch even a thousand shillings. What is the value of that thing? The value of something is what somebody is willing to buy, to buy it for. Is what a willing buyer is willing to pay for it. Let me repeat that. The value of a thing is the value that a willing buyer freely wants to give for it. All right? What did God freely give for you? His son, Jesus Christ. Do you, value, do you see how valuable you are to God? You see that? See why God's heart grieves when he sees you waking up worried? Says, does Benjamin understand how much I paid for him? And it's not just he paid for you. He paid for you so that you can come and you become a son. You join the family. He didn't buy, he, he didn't buy, purchase you so that you are a slave or some worker out there or something. No, no, no. He, he actually bought you so that you can come. Esther, you are listening. You are now the child of God. Do you see the value? So why worry? Why would you worry? You know, it's, it's shocking. If you, if, if I don't want to say if there is any one of you here, but I'm, if I said we will sell you to Hulu Kenyatta or, 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 or the current president, you probably willingly offer yourself, you know, <laughs> for free. You say, do? let them just come and take me. <laughs> they don't have to pay anything. I'll, I'll stay there. I stay in their house. I, I'll go there for free. God paid a price for you. God paid. Uh, Jesus died. This thing cost Jesus his life. So that you and me can know we have value. And that's why it says, consider what? The birds of there are in two of what? More value than the birds. So ask your neighbor, why worry? Why, why? God has assigned a value to you. That there is no money 
that can buy. You see, he says, God did not use what? Silver and gold. That is money. That is money. The fighting in Sudan, what is it about? Gold. A lot of fighting in the world is about resources. People fight because of oil, because of gold, because of diamonds. All the fights in Congo. What is it all about? Minerals. Wars that have been going on for years. But God says, I didn't look for gold to buy you. I paid for you. Hallelujah. So why worry? Do not worry. Because God, you understand your value. Your value to God. And so, so uh, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20 says, Or do you not know that you are, let's read it together, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own. See that says with, uh, yeah, verse 20 says, for you are bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Let me correct an error sometimes we get into. Because we've been taught about spirit, soul, and body, we say, I am a spirit, I have a soul, and I live in a body. And sometimes we lower the value of the body, isn't it? Now, we don't want you controlled by your body. We want the body to be in subjection to the what? To the spirit, to the soul which is under the spirit. But it doesn't mean that your body is useless. Because once you start thinking that your body is useless, then you end up going to Malindi and starving yourself. <laughs> right? So this body is useless. We want to go to heaven right now. No. This work for you to do. There is a reason why you have a body. It's not a mistake that you have a body. This is what God is saying. Your body is part of what he purchased. Isn't it? Have you ever bought property? You buy the property and what? Everything inside, isn't it? All the trees, all the whatever you say, I am buying what? I says the way it is, isn't it? God bought you the way you are, not a spirit. You, the, the, you, you, you. With your mosquito, which is big or small or, or, or eyes that are, you don't like or you think I'm too short or I'm too tall. All of you, that, that thing, that package is what God paid for. He said, nifungie iyo. Just, just pack that. That is mine. That's what he bought. You understand? He, he bought you. This, 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 this mindset that there's something wrong with my hair. Is there something wrong with your hair? No. I mean, I, I have hardly any, but it's good. See, <laughs> because this is another source of worry. Do you understand what I'm talking about? How much people worry about how they look, especially the ladies, really. I mean, but it's not only the ladies. People worry. I'm too short. That is why girls don't like me or something like that. Why, why, what do you mean girls don't like you? Why do you want girls to like you? <laughs> You're going to marry the whole world? I'm, I'm this, I'm this. I talk too quickly. 
I, I have an accent in my, in, my, in my, you know, I mix my mother tongue with the English. And you, you, you get worried. You, before you speak, before people, you are begin, beginning to what? To get worried. People said something about you, about your family, about your children, about anything around your life, and, and you carry this thing, and your body to you does not measure up. God bought for you without makeup. Uh, Elder Ruth, you should be like, yeah, that is it, Elder Francis. You are, I love that. Praise the Lord. See, see, <laughs> there was no top-up to make you beautiful before God. He bought you. See, he said what? Glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Because a lot of self-harm, you see with young people, they start what? Cutting themselves. It's, 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 it's an attack on your own body. It's, it's not of God. It's, it's a spirit that says, I can destroy this body. What is drug abuse? It's a lack of understanding of the value of your body. Value of your body. God says, I have bought you at a price, including your body. So your body is to glorify who? God. It's valuable. Praise the Lord. It's valuable. If there was anything before this that was affecting the way you look at yourself, you are free in the name of Jesus. You are free in the name of Jesus. There is nothing about your physical appearance that God is not aware of. And that God cannot help you. Now, if, if you have spots on your skin and you desire God to supernaturally intervene, receive the healing. Praise the Lord. But don't curse your skin. Don't curse your ears. Don't curse your feet. Don't curse anything about your body because you open a door for the enemy. And you start getting worried. And there is something you can't change. Only God can change anything about you. And he likes you just as you are. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So, so, so my point here, as I said, is understand your right net worth in redemption. Everything about you, God knows it and he's okay with it. In Proverbs 4.23, in the Good News translation, uh, Proverbs 4.23 says, Never say anything that isn't true. Have nothing to do with lies and misleading words. Uh, let me see that again. This is Proverbs 4.23. Your book. Okay, let me open that. Proverbs 4.23. Proverbs 4.23. Are you there? Does it say that in, your, in the New King James Version? Let me see. Proverbs. Just a moment. Because that's not what I'm looking for. Let me get it. Proverbs 4. Unless I got the reference wrong. 23. 
<coughs> this is what says in the New King James Version. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Praise the Lord. Keep your heart. Um, the, 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 the version I was looking for is, is GNTD. It says, be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. Be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. If you think you are overweight, do you know how your life will go? It will tend to maintain what you believe. You understand that? If you, if you think you are too, you are too what, thin, what happens? Your life starts adjusting, especially when you start saying it. Your life starts adjusting itself. You can eat a whole elephant, like I say, and you can't grow fat. Because you believe what? You are thin, that there is something wrong with you, and you are worried about how underweight you are. You are not sleeping because you think you are underweight. I am telling you, like I say, you eat a whole elephant, you come out thin. Why? Your life is what? Tending towards what? Your thoughts. You are attracting that thing. And so, my point here is that be careful what you meditate on. Magnify only what the word of God says. The, next, the second point to defeat worry and start a new life. Praise God. Say, I'm starting a new life. Free of worry. Hallelujah. The second point is become Jesus-centered in your thoughts, words, and actions. Become Jesus-centered in your thoughts, in your words, and in your action. It flows from what we read there. But let's go now to verse 27. Put verse 27 of Luke 12. It says, consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you, even Solomon in all his glory was not allayed like one of these. Let's go to the next verse 28. If then God so clothes the glass, which today is in the field, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you? Let's read that last phrase. Oh, you of little faith. Say, not me. So, two things here. Two things. Uh, let's go to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 9 and 10. It says, there remains therefore a rest for the people of God. For he who has, let us read together, for he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. You see that? See, you're, you're struggling to make yourself something. You're trying to add onto yourself. What is that? You have not ceased from your works. But this says, if you are to enter the rest of God and live a life free of worry, you have to cease. You have to stop your attempt to add to yourself and receive what God has said about you. And so that ties back to what we were saying earlier, all right? So 
my focus is on the finished work of what God has done for me. Praise the Lord. It's on what God has done. So it says now, how do I build my faith? Faith comes by what? The word of God. It doesn't come by me trying to add to myself. It comes from my focus. Now I am to focus my thoughts, my words, my actions on what the Lord says. What does that do? It builds my faith. Because my little faith is what is causing what? Worry. That word there, little faith, is, is, uh, is underdeveloped faith. All right? People, uh, I have had to study this because we confuse it with Jesus saying to, to someone, to the disciples actually, if you had faith as small as a mustard seed, you would, you know, here is the thing. The, the, the mustard seed is if you had faith like a seed. What do you do with a seed? You sow it and it multiplies. You sow it. So that is not comparing the size. It's the use. It does have some implication on the size. But here it says, because here we see you are of little faith. So this little faith is not like that one. This one is underdeveloped. Is, this is like a kid who has not been properly fed. You, you are underdeveloped. Your muscles are not fully built. It's in you, but you have not what? Exercised it so that you can hold the weight of a structure. So, underdeveloped faith. It also actually means a person, it describes someone, listen to this, someone who is dull in listening to the voice of the Lord. Dull as D-U-L-L. You are dull in listening to the voice of the Lord or someone who is disinterested in walking with the Lord. That person does not care what God says. They care what their boss says, their mother says, their child says, whoever. What Azimio said, what so-and-so said, that's what they care more. They don't care. What does that do? It undermines your faith capacity to hold the things of God, to understand your value in God. Amen? So that is underdeveloped faith. Now, God is amazing because he has little faith, and we have examples of great faith. Amen? Let's look at Luke chapter 7, verse 7. And then we look at verse 9. This is the centurion. This is Jesus. This is the centurion who had come asking Jesus, telling Jesus he has a servant who is sick at home, and said, Jesus told Jesus to go. But this is his response. Therefore, I did not even think myself. You see that? I did not think what? Myself worthy to come to you, but say what? The word and my servant will be healed. What is that man's focus on? The word. His thoughts are on the word of Jesus, the actions of Jesus. So, but say the word only. Then let's go to verse 9. Yeah, go to verse 9. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him and turned around and said, Let's read together to the crowd that followed him. I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. Say, Lord. You'll find it here now. In me. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 
He said, I have not found such what? Great faith. What great faith? The faith that is so focused on the word of Jesus. Because the word of Jesus generates a force called faith that changes everything. Let me see that again. The words of Jesus generate a force of faith that changes everything. Whatever you're, 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 you're facing, whatever the challenge is, praise God. Let's go to, to Matthew 15 and look at verse 24. This is a woman called a Syrophoenician woman. She has a daughter at home who is demon-possessed. She comes to Jesus. The disciples say, send her away. She's shouting, Lord, have mercy on me. So now uh, they come to Jesus, say, please. She is not listening to us. She is not listening to the ushers. She is not listening to the security team. She is outside the church shouting. <laughs> so I'm not telling you to disobey ushers and counselors and security. But she wouldn't quit. And then this is what, but he answered Jesus now and said, I was not what? Sent except for to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Verse 25. Then she came and worshipped him saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, let's read together. Oh, woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Hallelujah. You see, what was her focus? I am not bonding. I am not living without Jesus doing something. She had a reason to get worried. I would get worried if I was sitting there listening to Jesus talking like this. The disciples got worried. They said, listen, this woman is a big problem. Please, do something. I, I would get worried. If I went to Jesus, I'm telling you, if I went to Jesus, I said, Jesus, I want some healing. He said, no, it's not, it's, it's not for dogs. That, that, that can get you worried. Do you, do you agree with me? That, uh, that can get you worried. But she did it. What was her focus? Jesus. She knew, if I stay with this man, this is my answer. Have you ever heard Jesus is the answer? Christ is the answer? You know, sit churches. Younger people may not understand this, but it used to be what? Christ is the answer. Now they just say sitam. So some people don't even know what that is. Christ is the answer. Jesus was her answer. This is the thing. If you stay focused on Jesus, your trouble, that whatever it is, it will go. Because when Jesus speaks, there is a force of faith that is released and your situation has to change. Hallelujah. You know, uh, Deacon Yvonne taught you some engineering techniques, tool set and all that. <laughs> there is a, 
in physics. I didn't do engineering, but I've done physics. You have anyone who has ever studied physics here, don't lift your hand, it's okay. But, but there are forces in the universe. There, there are actually three, four categories of forces. We have gravitational force, we have electromagnetic force. Have you ever seen a magnet? And electricity, you know electricity? Electromagnetic forces, yeah? I thought it's funny. All right. <laughs> so there are forces, electromagnetic one, forces. Then there are some subatomic forces that holds atoms together and nuclear forces. We have strong and weak forces. Those, all that built together, all the forces that we know about in the universe, when you put them together, we, we, forces, we see a demonstration of force by its effect on matter, all right? So if you take what we know, matter, you know matter, something you can touch, whatever, and energy the, that we know those forces act on, it only constitutes 5% of the universe. 95% of this universe, they call it dark energy and dark matter. They call it dark because they have no, no idea what's happening. That's why it's dark. It, it does not respond to gravitational forces, does not respond to electromagnetic forces, does not respond to atomic forces that we know of. Now, I'm not saying it is faith, but I'm telling you, where was the centurion and where was the servant? The centurion is with Jesus. The servant who is sick is at home. We don't know how far it is. The Syrophoenician woman, she is with Jesus. Where is the daughter? At home. When Jesus spoke, what happened? There was a force. You cannot measure it. <laughs> But this thing, whoa, just went. <laughs> and the servant is healed, the daughter is healed. I'm telling you, you wouldn't be worried when you know the force that is working for your good. Because it doesn't matter whether your situation is explainable. Is it explainable? What is the right word for that? Is there an explanation for whatever you're facing? There is a force of faith that traverses all other known forces that can change your situation. The source of that force is who? Jesus. The force of that force is Jesus. Listen, these people were not even Israelites. They were not Jews. In fact, until Jesus died and rose again, the, he had told his disciples, don't go to the Gentiles. But these people persisted because they knew if you focus enough on the word of God, on what Jesus says, you will tap into a force that can change and transform everything. It doesn't matter where it is. It can change a boss who you can't see. It can change... Whatever you don't, the point is, the man said, you don't need to come. Say what? The word only. And so there's a force that is invisible. That when I speak the word of God, this force is moving. Hallelujah. So don't worry. Praise God. Don't worry. Tell your neighbor, don't worry. 
Don't worry. Don't worry is not a song that Bob Murray sang. Don't worry, be happy. No, 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 no. Before Bob Murray, <laughs> before Bob Murray and the waiters came around, Jesus already said, do not what? Worry. Do not worry. Look, you understand Bob Murray and the waiters? Why are they calling themselves waiters and saying, don't worry? What are we waiting about? No. Don't worry is a command from the Lord Jesus. And if you understand your value and you keep your focus on the word of God, that situation has to change. Has to change. It's not possible for it not to change. It doesn't matter who is the president of Kenya. You understand? It doesn't matter what the doctor said. It doesn't matter what the expert said. All it matters is what does the word of God say? I magnify the word of God over every other situation. I magnify, I deliberately decide in my life, in my life, I will magnify the Lord. I will see God bigger than anything. You worry because you belittle God and you see your situation bigger. But that should not be our focus. Our focus of our thoughts is the word of God. Hallelujah. So it doesn't matter if they say there is no, there is no cure for this. It doesn't matter. 95% of the stuff, we don't even know what it is. <laughs> so, so God, God, that doesn't, that doesn't stop God from moving. Can I tell you something? In heaven, they are not holding their chins like this, looking at you and saying, what? What? Did you see that? Did you see that? Ah. Oh. We were hoping it will go this way. It has gone that way. No. That's not in heaven. Not in heaven. Not where Jesus is. Jesus is under no stress. Hallelujah. And he's the one who saved you. So he can take care of the situation. Somebody say glory. glory. The next point I want us to cover here is that uh, remember the selection of Jesus. Resurrection of Jesus is a kingdom of God operation. It's a the resurrection of Jesus is a demonstration of the op operation of the kingdom of God. So we need to remember. And uh, let's read the verses 29 now to 31. All right, let's read together. And do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink nor have an anxious mind. For all these things the nations of the world seek after, and your father knows that you need these things. But seek the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be... How many things? Can you add it to yourself? What is going to add to you? The kingdom of God, all right? So if there is a need, God has it covered. He is well able to add it to you, all right? You don't need to be adding to yourself or trying. You can't anyway. And worry doesn't add it anyway. Let's go back to verse 29. Here it says, do not seek what you should eat or what you drink, nor have, you see that, nor have what? An anxious mind. That also is a doubtful mind. A doubtful mind is an anxious mind. It's actually only used this once, I think, in the Bible this particular portion of scripture. And so, that is, uh, 
excuse me. That talks about <clears throat> an anxious mind, a doubtful mind. The picture there, the word used there is meteor. Me, is it meteor? Me, have you ever heard of a meteorite? The things that fly <clears throat> in the heavens, meteorite. And when the thing with that, it's, it's hanging, this is the point, it's hanging in media, <clears throat> an anxious mind. It's hanging in media. I don't know whether that is what people call uliwacho kwa mata. You are left at the lights. <laughs> you are, you are, I have no idea whether that is what it means. But you are, you are hanging. You, you see that? <clears throat> hanging in media. The meteorite is not in the heavens, is not on the earth, is just what? Mid-air. It can't make up its mind. You know? And, and they are just rotating. <clears throat> that is what that anxious mind is. All right? So if there is any situation where you've been feeling like you are hanging, don't hang in there. You understand? Don't say, I am hanging in here. No, 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 no. God wants a decision made. You've got to stop worrying. You've got to stop worrying. Your situation is definite in Christ Jesus. There is nothing uncertain about what God wants to do with your life. You understand? You are not hoping something will happen, things will change. You got to have the word of God that says what you desire to happen. You understand? So, don't be hanging somewhere where somebody left you. If they left you there, why are you still there? Elder Ruth, are you still there? <laughs> if I left you up there, you decided to stay up there, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you, you, are, you, are, you have suspended your life because of things that happened that were out of your control. Now you are just floating. In, in, a, in a place I come from, they say, you see some animals, goats, they have some two things that hang out here. They say, it is not on the meat, it is not on the skin. That thing, what is it? What is its use? You are not like that, just dangling in suspense. You sleep in suspense, you wake up in suspense. That is not the will of God for you. Hallelujah. That is an anxious mind. It's a doubtful mind. You got to make your mind one way or another by going to what? The word of God. Nobody, nobody, nobody on this earth has a right to suspend your life. No one. I'm telling you, no one. No family member, no employer, no employee, no boss, no business acquaintance, no one is supposed to just hang your life and leave you there. No. That is a source of anxiety and doubt. And so, we're going to solve this thing. Let's look at uh, uh, Luke 24, verse 4 to 6. This is uh, uh, during the, uh, at the point of resurrection. <clears throat> Women had gone to the tomb looking for Jesus. And says, and it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this. They did not find the body of Jesus. 
that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, let's read together, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Garity. All right? Remember. So they were looking for something. The body of Jesus. They found an empty tomb. Remember, you are to seek what? The kingdom of God. And now here, the angel is asking them, why are you what? Seeking the living among the dead. So the place where you are seeking your answers matters. You understand? Because they were seeking the living, but they were seeking in the wrong place. They were seeking among the dead. We don't want that. Let's look at uh, the account of resurrection in uh, John 24, verse 14. Now, this is talking about Mary Magdalene. Now when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. <clears throat> Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Who are you seeking? She supposing him to be the gardener said to him, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him and I will take him away. Let's go. Yeah, so, 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 so she called him. Yeah, but here is the point. If you read the rest of that, it talks about remembering. An encounter, how, let me get the right words here. These women, they were women, they were seeking Jesus, all right? But were seeking in the wrong place, in the first account in Luke. In this other second account, <clears throat> They are still in the wrong place, but now Jesus is there. <laughs> Isn't it? Jesus is looking at Mary. And says, woman, who are you seeking? Could it be that whatever you are seeking is staring you right there? <clears throat> Have you ever wondered, what, what was she seeing? She actually thought it's a garden. <laughs> Why was why was, do you see what anxiety does to you? The solution can be right there, but your anxious mind cannot comprehend it. Jesus, Jesus wanted these people to be witnesses of his resurrection. He said, you'll be my witnesses. So he was not hiding from them. He wanted them to go out there and bear witness that he died and rose from the dead. But here she is looking at him and does not know him. Does not know him. If you have a true encounter with Jesus, it means you have encounter, you have acknowledged resurrection power. <clears throat> you see, they, they had forgotten. See, don't you remember what he told you? What happens? Resurrection is in the supernatural dimension. Uh, that's important. You might not think it is modern. Do you walk around and find people being resurrected, right, left, and center? <clears throat> if you saw somebody <clears throat> raised from the dead, you have to acknowledge this is what? 
Supernatural. This is supernatural. It's not in the ordinary nature of life. And to encounter Jesus and understanding, know this is Jesus, it means you have to encounter, you have to acknowledge this resurrection. This resurrection life. Let's look at uh, John. This is John 11, verse 25. Jesus said to her, this, she was talking to mother, I am the, let's read it together, I am the resurrection and the life. Stop there. Who was talking? Jesus. So, if I asked you, all of us here, I said, do you know about resurrection? You probably tell me yes. But here, resurrection is not a doctrine. It's a person. Praise the Lord. It's a person. His name is Jesus. Resurrection is not a doctrine. You really have to purpose to have a revelation, not a doctrine, of what is resurrection. Now, let's look at verse 40. Jesus said to her, same, still talking to mother, did I not say to you that what? If you would believe, you would see the glory of God. Believing in resurrection is the key to the glory world. You want to see the glory of God? When you believe in resurrection, because Jesus said, if you believe, you believe what? He said, if you believe I am the resurrection and I'm the life, you will see the glory of God. So, believing in resurrection is the key to the glory world. Ah, okay. Let, let, me, let me give you a practical example. Now, schools are closed here. So, if you don't understand what I'm talking about, you need to ask your neighbor. <clears throat> Who is perhaps a younger person, except uh, the people up there? <laughs> Superman. Ever heard of Superman? Where does he come from? From a planet called Crypto. Right? So Superman is not of this world, right? Black Panther, where does he come from? Oh, you know that one, Wakanda. You've been, <laughs> you've been watching. Black Panther is from Wakanda. What do they have there? The substance they have there. That is not on earth. <coughs> oh, vibranium. Ah. Ah. So many of you, I thought it's only the high schoolers who know about vibranium. So... <laughs> Wonder Woman, is she from this world? She's from a different what? Dimension, is it? It's Amazon, but it's a mystical thing, isn't it? She has these supernatural powers, isn't it? All the characters I'm describing to you is that even the world is trying to create the picture in you and preach to you that all that you see in this world is not all that there is. <laughs> You understand? They're even trying to show it on you on movies. Now they're not doing it right because they also mix witchcraft and a lot of other things in there. But they're trying to say there's, there's, there's another world. There's another dimension. I told you that faith, words of Jesus, 
they generate a force. That force is not of this world. You understand? It's from another dimension. So when I say you want to see the glory of God, you want to see in another dimension. Because your solution, worry focuses you on this natural other thing. It remits you to the range of opportunities available to you. That's why you are worrying. You are worrying because you're going through over and over the same thing with the same tool set. There is not a spanner in that kit that can open for you the glory world. You are going to have to tap into faith. And faith is the words of Jesus. And this is resurrection power that is what opens the supernatural. Then you see what? The glory of God. Hallelujah. So these characters, you know, they, they say, they show you black panda so that the black guy also knows that he can be a, a hero. They saw the wonder woman so that even women know they are what? They are heroes. It's not just a superman. There is a wonder woman. There is a black panther or whatever else they are coming up with. But the point is they, sh they say there is another dimension. Dr. Strange, where does he come from? Motivus, isn't it? All right, okay, forget that. Now, the thing is, we have what they are acknowledging is that there is another dimension to life. All right? You are not limited to just the tool set, the things that you've been struggling with. I want to encourage you today to have a proper revelation of what re resurrection truly means. Somebody say, say hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All that you see is not all that there is. Faith is a focus on another realm. Another realm. These women could not see Jesus. They were seeking. So when we say seek the kingdom, the kingdom is in another dimension. And the operative force in the kingdom of God is resurrection power. So the point. When you say seek the kingdom, you know, people think when you're seeking the kingdom, the Matthew says, seek the, first the kingdom of God. And we use that for receiving tithes and offerings. But that's at this level. There is a higher level. Because unless I see that my seed is going to be resurrected, unless I am tapping into that kingdom and its power, then it's not going to be helpful. It's the resurrection power that makes the difference. Let's look at First Kings chapter 17, verse 14. This is the account of the of the of the of the uh, the window of Sarephath. So, okay, we are talking about another dimension, another world, okay? But is it a real world? That's the point. Uh, is it a real world? It is a real world. Because when Jesus spoke, a real servant was healed. When Jesus spoke, a real daughter was healed, okay? And it's not just limited to healing. In this account, in 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 14, for thus says the Lord of God of Israel, the bean of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sets rain on the earth. She got a supply of oil. Let me ask you, ask your neighbor, where was the oil coming from? 
see, see, there is another dimension. Was it real oil? What do you think? Okay. Was it real oil? Where was it coming from? It's not vibranium, but it was oil. And it was real oil. It was real flour. They ate it. Praise the Lord. Second Kings chapter 4. I'll show you another. So it wasn't just Elijah. Elisha as well. Elisha said to this woman, what shall I do for you? Tell me what you have in the house. And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. What does she have? A jar of oil. So Elisha said to her, what shall I do? Okay, let's go on. Verse 4. All right. Then he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. Let's go on. And when you have come in, you shall shut, shut the door behind you and your sons, then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. Let me ask you, did the oil flow? Did she fill all the jars? Where did the oil come from? A supernatural dimension. Was it real? Yes, 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 yes. They went and sold it <laughs> and made real money. The oil... So the dimensions we are talking about have an effect. You see, when Black Panther is walking without his kit, how does he look? Just normal, isn't it? How does Superman look? He's actually a journalist, right? The girl doesn't even know that he is the Superman. Why? He's an ordinary guy, isn't it? Until he puts on what? His suit. That is being clothed with a Holy of God. Put on the Lord Christ Jesus. Focus on the Lord Christ Jesus. The power that is available in the kingdom of God is amazing. There are resources, praise the Lord. There are jobs for you. There are businesses for you. There is money for you. Now you should get excited a bit. Eh? There is joy for you. There is health for you. But it's coming from another dimension. Hallelujah. But when it comes on this earth, it's okay. It doesn't look strange. You're the same one. But you're tapping into supernatural things through faith in the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Let me end... Uh, so we go towards the end here. Let's look at Romans chapter 6, verse 3 to 6. This is, I said, the last point I said here is, remember resurrection of Jesus is a kingdom of God operation. And now I say, uh, pattern your new life after the example of Jesus Christ. You pattern. How do you walk? How do you defeat worry and start a new life? You pattern your Life after the example of Jesus. This is what he says here, verse 3 of Romans 6. Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Verse 5. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Verse 6. Knowing this, that our old man 
was crucified with him that the body of sin might be done away with that we should no longer be slaves of sin. You should no longer be what? Slaves of sin. You should no longer be a slave of worry. You should no longer be what? A slave of fear. You should no longer be a slave of lack. You should never be a slave. Hallelujah. Why? You have been raised with Jesus. Praise the Lord. Here is the, the system. Death, the cross, resurrection, Pentecost. Where are we? We are in between. Uh, in this moment, we are talking about in the church calendar. We have, we, here is natural life. We've come to the cross, died. Here is resurrection life. We are between Jesus' resurrection and Pentecost. The system is death before resurrection. Okay? You got to let go. Praise the Lord. You have, you have to make up your mind. When God says, do not worry. By faith, I have to put that in my mouth and say, in the name of Jesus, worry was on this side of the cross. I have come through the cross. I have been raised together with Jesus. Here is a, something you need to understand. It's an exchange. You exchanged death for life. You exchanged sorrow, worry for joy and peace. It's an exchange. What Jesus did for you and for me is that he exchanged the life that we used to have. That was just natural. The old life has been exchanged for a new life. It's not like your worry life is going to be, what do you say, the name is Ukarabati. It's not going to be patched up. That's the point I'm trying to get in. It's not going to be patched up. It's going to be totally done away with. It is death, then what? Resurrection. It's not a mixture. It's not, so, so, so the new life in Christ Jesus is a life of victory. It's a life that overcomes every situation. Hallelujah. So, so, uh, wow. There is an exchange program taking place. Tell your neighbor that. There's an exchange program taking place. Will you participate in the exchange? Are you willing to trade your sorrow? We, we sing about it. I'm trading what? My sorrow. Are you actually trading it? Or you're still holding on to it? Because what Jesus is telling us is exchange your life for my life. You have come now into the new kingdom. And in that kingdom, the operation is totally worry free. Hallelujah. Let me end up with this story about a story told about a person who was, was uh, 
going down a cliff. And as they rolled down the cliff, they got hold of a, a something, you know, was growing there. They grabbed on it. It was dark. So they are clinging to this thing for life, to save their life. Then they figured out, maybe God is real. So they said, God, are you up there? And they had a voice said, yeah, I am up here. Then the voice said, say, all right, if God, what do you want me to do? But see, let go that thing. <laughs> the story goes, this guy kept quiet, said, is there anyone else up there? <laughs> see, God is not going to knock your fingers and say, no. You have to come to the point where I say, I am how did we sing? I'm trusting in Jesus. I'm trusting the new life. I'm trusting his word. By faith, possess the new life. By faith. How do, does faith come? You put it in your mouth. I'm giving you the five, the five steps today. It's not comprehensive, but it's a place to start with. Understand your value. Focus Center your life on the word of God. Understand the resurrection. Resurrection is the way the kingdom of God operates. It's a new dimension. There's new power that has never been tapped into. It's in resurrection life. You are not of this world. You are from a different kingdom. You are coming. You are in this world, but you have a backup system. You are coming from another place. And understand, you go to willingly partake. Jesus has willingly given his life. Are you willingly, are you willing to live that life? Praise the Lord. The story of that guy who was on the cliff was that he was just less than a meter from the floor. But the whole night and it is raining He's, oh Lord, oh God, oh God, oh God. Oh Lord Jesus Christ, oh God, oh God. Oh Lord, I need to pray some more. Oh hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh God, let go the branch. <laughs> the thing, let go the worry. It's ending nothing to your life all my life. Take hold of the word of God. Rise up on your feet. The choir, you can come back up here. Hallelujah. Just start praising him, giving thanks. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Redemption is a faith exchange program to break the cycle of sin and death. Redemption. It's a faith exchange program. It breaks the cycle of sin and death. We are trading in the old life for his new life. Lift up your hand. Say, Father, I've heard your word. I've heard the gospel. I'm exchanging my life of worry, anxiety, fear, any area of my life 
where I have had concerns, I exchange that for the life of Christ, for your will, Father, over my life. I let go and hold on to the word of God, to resurrection life. Bye-bye failure, bye-bye diseases, bye-bye scarcity, bye-bye worry, bye-bye oppression, bye-bye, bye-bye. I welcome joy, I welcome love, I welcome boldness, I welcome strength, I welcome vitality in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for the breaking, for the breaking, for the breaking of the powers that have held your people back in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, be set free in your way of thinking. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for restoring dreams, dreams from heaven. Dreams, dreams, big dreams, big dreams, big dreams that have been abandoned because of fear and anxiety. We get back our dreams, oh, Father. In the name of Jesus, the, our lives are not suspended no more. In the name of Jesus, every area of our lives, where we sat suspended, we take bold steps. In the name of Jesus, we take bold steps towards what God has called us for. In the name of Jesus, I lose destinies. Hallelujah. Destinies. Destinies. Your destiny is assured. Your destiny is in God. Say, I take my destiny. I refuse to back up. I refuse to quit. I press on. I believe in resurrection power is working in me now. It's working in me now. I refuse. I refuse. I refuse discouragement. In the name of Jesus. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you. We receive answers. Answers are coming. We receive answers. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When we look, we see. When we look, we see now. Say, I see. I see. I see the risen Savior. I will not miss God in this season. In the name of Jesus, I know the selection power. I know it's true. I know it's working for me. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise Him. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter what has happened. It doesn't matter what they have called you. It doesn't matter whether you got a grade D or whatever it is. You work hard, but that does not define your life. You are from another world. Praise God. You are coming in from another world. You are taking another world's solutions, bringing them to this earth and their real solutions. It's not a fantasy. What I've shared with you is not magical. It's not fantasy. It's real. Praise the Lord. Come on, give him a shout of praise. Hallelujah.